Good morning. This is Northern Light for this Tuesday, July 11th. I'm Todd Moe. Monica will be back tomorrow morning. Floods in New York and Vermont washed away roads and bridges and left people stranded in their homes and cars. Governor Hochul says New York has seen several record-breaking weather events in the last year. This is the new normal. And we in government, working with our partners on the ground, have to work with our communities to build up resiliency. Glanton County remains under a flood watch today, but didn't get hit nearly as badly as Vermont and the Hudson Valley. Still, county officials remind us to take flood warnings and watches seriously. Three or four cones across the road are barricade with a sign that says road closed. That's there for the public safety, and we, we, we implore people to, to try to pay heed to that. Also coming up, a summer youth theater program in Keene Valley is producing their musical version of the classic story, Treasure Island. It was the Pirates. Hijinks ensue, I guess you could say. I think it's just a fun adventure. Lines, songs, sets, and fun all in one week. We'll have a preview. It's all coming up on Northern Light. Stay tuned. Broadcast of Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio is supported by Adirondack Foundation and the Adirondack Birth to Three Alliance, dedicated to providing all children the best possible start in life, adirondackbt3.org, and Long Run Wealth, an SEC-registered investment advisor in Lake Placid, providing comprehensive wealth management, retirement, and financial planning solutions, longrunwealth.com. This is Northern Light. I'm Todd Moe. Heavy rainfall and flooding from Sunday through yesterday caused serious damage across the Northeast and caused at least one death in New York. Floods washed away roads and bridges and left people stranded in their homes and cars. Emily Russell has details. Some of the worst flooding in recent days was in Vermont and in New York's Hudson Valley. It was there that a 35-year-old woman was swept away and killed by the floodwaters when she was trying to evacuate her home. Much of the North Country was on a flood watch on Monday, though the highest risk was in the Champlain Valley. Both the Vermont and New York side of the valley were under flash flood warnings. Governor Kathy Hochul spoke at a press conference on Monday in Orange County. That area north of New York City saw more than eight inches of rain in just a day. Homeowners need to be prepared. You need to think about your escape route. You need to anticipate the worst case scenario where the floodwaters are rising in your home. What are your next steps? Hochul urged New Yorkers to have food, water and medicine stocked up in case of an emergency like this one. The rain and severe flooding left more than 13,000 New Yorkers without power on Monday. The state has seen other record-breaking weather events in the last year, including the Buffalo blizzard that left 47 people dead and the hazardous air conditions from the Canadian wildfires this summer. Hochul said on Monday that the state needs to be better prepared for these kinds of climate-related events. My friends, this is the new normal. And we in government, working with our partners on the ground, have to work with our communities to build up resiliency, to be prepared for the worst because the worst continues to happen. 
Monday's flooding caused tens of millions of dollars of damage in New York. Along with severe flooding and devastation in Vermont, there was heavy rainfall and flooding in Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and New Hampshire. Emily Russell, North Country Public Radio. Rain continued to hammer parts of Vermont overnight and into this morning, and significant flooding is being reported as Vermont Public's Liam Elder Connors reports Barrie and Montpelier, Vermont, have been hit particularly hard. Both cities issued emergency health orders closing their downtowns until at least noon today. Montpelier officials are also warning that the Wrightsville Dam might soon run out of capacity, which could, quote, drastically add to the existing flood damage in the city. Many roads are closed statewide, including multiple portions of Route 2 west of Montpelier to Richmond. Interstate 89 remains closed in both directions between the Montpelier and Middlesex exits. For Vermont Public, I'm Liam Elder Connors. Officials say it could take several weeks to repair washed-away roads. Jackie Bray is the Commissioner of New York's Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Services. Bray was out in the Hudson Valley yesterday surveying the damage. There are bridges washed out. Uh, We have major portions of the railroad in the Hudson Valley that have significant structural damage. Uh, Many dozens of cars Uh, that were tossed around uh, like sticks in rushing water uh, and lots of debris, lots of mud uh, that's going to need to be cleaned up over the next, uh, you know, several days to several weeks. To the east in Vermont, Governor Phil Scott says it could take days to fully assess the damages of yesterday's flooding. Officials say several communities received between four and six inches of rain in 24 hours. Vermont experienced serious flooding during Tropical Storm Irene in August of 2011. But Governor Scott says this event is different because the ground is already saturated and more rain is in the forecast. This is going on and we're getting just as much rain, if not more. It's going on for days. And uh, that's my concern. It's not just the initial damage. It's the wave, the second wave and the third wave. And we're trying to anticipate that. Governor Phil Scott says uh, the the Vermont National Guard has been activated and is ready to be deployed. And the National Weather Service says a, a a flood... Uh, watch remains in effect, excuse me, a flood warning for the Champlain Valley remains in effect through 1030 this morning. A flood warning for uh, the Champlain Valley, uh, both in New York and Vermont, remains in effect until 1030 this morning. Widespread heavy rainfall still falling in some areas this morning uh, uh, and uh, flooding beginning to unfold. Road washouts are ongoing and uh, excessive runoff may result in flooding of rivers, creeks, streams, other low-lying and flood-prone locations. So that flood warning remains in effect until 10.30 this morning for all of Vermont and uh, northern New York, Essex, Clinton, and Franklin counties. There's a flood watch in effect through tonight at 8 o'clock for those same areas, uh, all of Vermont and also the Champlain Valley, uh, Essex, Clinton, and Franklin counties that uh, flood watch through 8 o'clock tonight. This is Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio. Stay tuned. Coming up in just a moment, we'll hear from uh, an official in Clinton County about flood waters and taking those watches and warnings seriously. That's coming up in just a moment.
This is music by Dan Duggan and Peggy Lynn. You can hear more of their music as part of the Underscore Project here on North Country Public Radio. Check it out online, ncpr.org slash underscore. Just a reminder that uh, Peggy and Dan Duggan, Peggy Lynn, Dan Duggan, are giving a concert Saturday night, this Saturday night, July 15th in Inlet at Arrowhead Park, starting at 7 o'clock, part of their Sunset Concert Series. That's Peggy Lynn, Dan Duggan, Arrowhead Park in Inlet, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, as part of the Sunset Concert Series. Broadcast of Northern Light is supported by Adirondack Land Trust, working with communities to protect trails and open spaces for the benefit of all, adirondacklandtrust.org, and Fisher, Bissett, Muldowney, and McArdle, attorneys and counselors at law with offices in Malone, Tupper Lake, and Saranac Lake, 800-941-5001. You're listening to Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio. I'm Todd Moe. Clinton County was under a flood watch yesterday, and a flood watch remains in effect through 8 o'clock tonight for the Champlain Valley, but it didn't get hit nearly as hard as Vermont and the Hudson Valley this week. Eric Day with the county's Office of Emergency Services says uh, the heavy three heavy rainfall events over the last week and a half dumped inches of rain on several towns, including Ellenburg, Altona, and Saranac, that caused flash flooding, washed out roadways and driveways, and damaged homes. But he says, thankfully, no one got hurt. Knock on wood, no injuries, no deaths. Uh, so that's that's a good thing, uh, certainly. Uh, always always uh, pleased to, to hear that report. Day says the amount of rain the county has been seeing is not normal. He talked to our Champlain Valley reporter, Care Chapman, about the difference between flood and flash flood warnings and how people can stay safe. Oftentimes we'll hear of, uh, we'll hear of flood warnings in, in the spring when there's ice jams or in the springtime when, uh, you know, when the lake is high. Certainly severe and, and potentially critical for folks, but oftentimes... Uh, a little uh, slower moving, shall we say? Flash flood uh, is 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 something to pay uh, very close attention to. It 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 goes with these heavy rainfall events: three, four, five, eight, ten inches of rain in a short period of time, and and it means that uh, uh, you know areas that are prone to flooding, if they receive that kind of water, um, will flood very quickly, and uh, you know uh, it, it it's very easy at that point for you know, roadways to be damaged, uh, you know, property to be impacted. Conditions can change very fast when uh, when flash floods are, are warned. What should people do if they see flooding happening, you know, around their homes or on the roadways and that kind of thing? The National Weather Service uses uses the, uh, the, the statement, turn around, don't drown. You know, if, if you're if you're on the road, uh, if you're in your house, if you're anywhere and, and floodwaters rise, uh, there's water across the roadway in front of you, uh, you know, don't don't drive through it. Uh, it. It urge you not to drive through flood water. It may not appear to be moving, uh, but what you can't see is what's underneath the surface. There may not be a road there, or um, if the water is in fact moving, uh, uh, move, moving water is is very strong. Uh, the, the power of water is 
far stronger than any vehicle uh, or, or any, any, any person. If you're seeing you come across or come upon floodwaters, you know, kind of go the other way. Seek, seek higher ground. It, it does make sense to, uh, to uh, place a 911 call and report something. If, if you know, it's not safe, you know, your safety is most important. So get to safety first and then, and then yeah, make the 911 call and report it. What's the role of emergency crews when there's flooding? First and foremost, uh, you know, uh, respond to, to people's requests for assistance. You know, life safety is always number one in, uh, in emergency responders' roles. So, you know, flooding is a challenge uh, because it does block roadways. Um, you know, it does block uh, passage, uh, you know, normal normal routes that uh, fire EMS uh, might use, law enforcement might use to get to somebody. We do have uh, a really good system in the county of, uh, of mutual aid of working together. The, uh, the, the fire departments and ambulance squads and law enforcement agencies all, all work really well. Those were all my questions, Eric. But is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you think is important for people to know? If you see cones, barricades, road closed signs, like I said before, turn around, don't drown. These uh, markings are put out there for your safety. Um, they're not as extensive as the signage and cones and everything, barrels that you see on the interstate where the guys are working. Uh, but, uh, you know, in the, in the heat of the moment, in the middle of the night, when there's, you know, when there's floodwaters coming up all over the place, uh, you know, three or four cones across the road, uh, or a, a barricade with a sign that says road closed, that, that, that's there for the public safety. And we, we, we implore people to, to try to pay heed to that. You know, don't say, ah, oh, I, I live just up there. I can get through and drive around it because it's, it's chances are, you know, you might be able to get through, but, but it's been put there for the public safety because there was, in fact, a problem beyond that point. Eric Day with the Clinton County Office of Emergency Services, speaking with our Champlain Valley reporter, Kara Chapman. And we did get a, a call within the last 20 minutes or so from a listener uh, driving from Potsdam to Albany, and uh, they said the road is washed out. Uh, near Long Lake Route 30. They were on their way between Tupper Lake and Long Lake, had to turn around and go back up through Tupper Lake. Uh, Again, a a listener with uh, advice that uh, Route 30 in the Long Lake area is washed out and closed. Uh, That was their experience on a drive uh, from Potsdam to Albany this morning. Route 30 uh, in the Long Lake area washed out because of the heavy rains, including uh, that area of the Adirondacks. Canton Central School District is getting close to a million dollars to put towards updating their technology and security. The money comes from the Federal Smart Schools Bond Act, according to the Watertown Daily Times. Canton's superintendent told the paper they plan to buy more interactive whiteboards, desktop computers, and student Chromebooks. Brazier Falls Central School is receiving about $600,000, with 400000 of that going towards technology upgrades and the rest saved for security. Little River School and St. Catherine of Siena Academy, two private schools in the Canton School District, are getting a combined $25,000. Canton is one of several school districts statewide getting part of the $13 million federal grant for tech and security improvements. Actor William Shatner was in Ticonderoga last week visiting the original set 
of the Star Trek series. At 92 years old, Shatner is best known for his role as Captain James Kirk in the science fiction franchise. Star Trek first premiered on television back in 1966, a number of movies as well. Many Star Trek fans from near and far toured the set on Friday as part of the Trek Conderoga event, according to the Glens Falls Post-Star. Shatner discussed the set design and different Topic topics brought about by the show. He appeared to prefer connecting with fans to talking about how the show was made. William Shatner at Trek Conderoga last week in Ticonderoga. Listening to Northern Light right here on North Country Public Radio. I'm Todd Moe. Monica is back tomorrow. She's not in this morning, so that gives me that allows me to indulge in a little trekky uh, fandom here with uh, the Nashville Mandolin Ensemble with their uh, rendition of the Star Trek theme, where no mandolin has gone before. Broadcast of Northern Light is supported by Adirondack Land Trust, working with communities to protect trails and open spaces for the benefit of all. Adirondacklandtrust.org and Fisher, Bissett, Muldowney, and McArdle, attorneys and counselors at law with offices in Malone, Tupper Lake, and Saranac Lake, 800-941-5001. Flood warnings in effect for the Champlain Valley through 1030 this morning and flood watches until 8 o'clock tonight with still some rain in some parts of our region this morning. Partial clearing by later on this afternoon. Highs today in the low to mid 80s. Light winds out of the south. Sunshine for much of the region tomorrow and then possibly some more rain on Thursday. That's according to the National Weather Service. Pirates, a parrot, gold doubloons, and some theatrical mischief abound this weekend in Keene Valley. The Book and Blanket Players present a summer youth theater production of Treasure Island, a musical reinvention. The East Branch Friends of the Arts has been producing youth musicals in a week for 13 summers in Keene Valley. And this summer, 
The theatrical adventure continues with an original musical written by two high school students, Cooper Halloran and Olivia Morocco, along with book and blanket players, producer-director Kathleen Recchia. Olivia is a rising senior in Saranac Lake. She says the creative team met by Zoom once a week since last fall to uh, develop this original musical. They began by going through Robert Louis Stevenson's original novel, but here's the deal. There are lots of men in the original Treasure Island story, but not a little women. And in the Keene Valley Summer Theater program this week, it's just the opposite. There are lots of young women and only a few young men in the cast. So Olivia says their own plot and characters unfolded. Through the whole project, we've been thinking about the cast that we would have, like how many actors we could use and Obviously, we know we wouldn't have that many men. So, and it is a very male-focused book, at least. But we have taken a lot of artistic license. We've come up with a whole second plot line. Like, we come up with backgrounds that Robert Louis Stevenson never knew existed. And we did incorporate a lot more women. We wanted it to be a little bit of a feminist piece. So, yeah. So, you're in the cast. Tell me about your character. I am in the cast, but I'm actually... King Valley is pretty far from me, so I'm participating in a show that I promised to do before this. So I could only come for, like, one or two rehearsals. So I'm playing the parrot, so I don't have to be on stage. I can be backstage on my script. But I'll be playing the parrot and just be in the background. So why do I think that the part of the parrot is uh, comic relief, sort of? It is a little bit. We we definitely incorporated the parrot, like, revealing a few plot lines and... Um, we, we had the parrot definitely be, like, a major player in it a little bit. And it, it is a fun part. I'm excited to get my parrot voice. No, she wouldn't share her parrot voice with us on the radio. But with a little coaxing, Cooper Halloran, who plays Long John Silver, the book's most powerful and developed character, shared a quick quote from the show. Um, uh, shiver me timbers. Cooper lives in Westport. And he's been in other Book and Blanket summer theater productions. But he told me he's excited, really excited to play the baddie in this show. It was the Pirates. Because <laughs> when I first met Kathy, she got in contact with my mom because they needed another boy for Pride and Prejudice. My mom misheard what was said and just told me, Pirates. And so for two years, <laughs> I, I, I felt... Duped. I felt like I was missing out on doing pirates. And then Kathy says, are you interested in writing? I'm like, yeah. Um, and in, a, in just a conversation we're having, it was like, well, we could do a pirate show maybe. And Treasure Island being in public domain, it, it's just a thing where like, okay, we can adapt Treasure Island. And I wanted to do pirates. Do you change the story? I mean, and, and Cooper, give us kind of a elevator speech of, of Treasure Island. It's an adventure story, right? About a young person. Yeah. There's so Jane, they, the Jane and her mother come across a map and her mother is also a bit of a bit more of a character in our show than he, than she was in the, in the book. But so she and her mother come across this map and she convinces her mother to let her disguise herself as a boy and join this crew of sailors uh, who later, some of them turn out to be pirates. Uh, there's a big mutiny they need to get to the treasure. A lot of uh, hijinks ensue, I guess you could say. I think it's just a fun adventure. Um, it's pretty fast-paced. Just an overall good time. 
What's the challenge of doing this all in a week? Yeah, in my experience with Kathy, I've done two shows with her. It's definitely a lot. Uh, that especially the first year I did, I after that I was like that was the most stressful thing I've ever done. I'm never going to do this again. And the next year I was back with Kathy. And also, Kathy, take a moment and I want to know, um, you've been involved in the arts and theater for a number of years. And tell us the joy here with working with these young people, working with a young cast, um, doing this all like very, as you said, like the Iron Man or the Iron Person of, of summer theater. You know, <laughs> I mean, you've been doing it for more than a dozen years, so there must be some joy for you, right? Yeah, um, I, I love how the kids take to it and how they really always rise up to our expectations and that at the end, they all want to do it again. <laughs> so it's really, because every year now we're always saying, oh, that's going to be our last one. And then like someone will come up to me at the camp's party and I'm like, oh, we have to do it again next year. <laughs> Because I love that they love it. They're not so sure, especially the first time around kids at the beginning of the week. Like, And we have a lot of young ones this year, so I am a little bit nervous. But the first day is tough. Although since COVID, actually, they get eased into it. I added two Sundays because, you know, if somebody ended up being sick, would they be able to get back in time type of thing? So we kept those two Sundays. So they're eased in. They start at one on Sunday and go to five. And then we hit it with nine to five. Because <laughs> they work all day. They get an hour off for lunch when they can run outside and go crazy. And they get like a 20-minute snack break in the afternoon. But otherwise, they're always working. Um, I have them scheduled either for voice or for blocking or for movement with the choreographer. So, like Cooper, you guys like work hard. Oh, it's a it's a lot. It's a lot. It's not unmanageable, but in the moment, it seems like this is the most I've ever done in my life. Cooper Halloran, who plays Long John Silver. We also heard from Olivia Morocco, who's going to be the the parrot, and Kathy Recchia, who is the director and producer. They have created their own version of Treasure Island, a musical version with plot twists, female protagonists, and music, and they're excited to share this summer production with friends, family, supporters this week. They're doing all of the rehearsals within a one-week time frame, and you're invited to check out their performances Saturday July 15th, this Saturday, 11.30 a.m. and 4.30 in the afternoon at the Keene Valley Country Club. And there are students from across our region, Osceola Forks, Jay, Westport, Lake Placid, Saranac Lake, Keene, even in New Jersey. The show is free, but donations will be accepted. And reservations are required because seating is limited. So you can call 518-487-0041, 4870041 to make a reservation for uh, the performances on Saturday, or you can ask about the open dress rehearsal on Friday. Uh, that's the book and blanket uh, presenting a musical version of Treasure Island, Saturday, 1130 and 430 at the Keene Valley Country Club. And you can call 518 487 for reservations. Just want to give you a quick update on uh, the weather. Again, there are uh, there's a flood warning that remains in effect through 10:30 this morning for uh, the Champlain Valley, 
and uh, flood watch for that same area through tonight uh, at 8 o'clock. And some road closures as well. There are uh, roads closed in the Long Lake area between on Route 30 between Tupper Lake and Long Lake, and also on 28N between, between Newcomb and Long Lake this morning. Uh, that's according to the, Nash, the uh, State uh, Transportation Department. Also a road closure uh, in the Champlain Valley um, uh, in the Paradox area, according to the website 511ny.org. You can check that out, 511ny.org. Uh, it has up-to-date information on road closures, delays, road conditions around our region. Again, road closures this morning on Route 30 between Long Lake and Tupper Lake, and also 28N between Newcomb and Tupper Lake. You can get the latest on that website. Uh, again, it's 511ny.org. And that's it for Northern Light for this Tuesday, July 11th. More of Morning Edition coming up. I'm Todd Moe. Thanks for listening. Be well.